and welcome to the FT Advisor podcast, the weekly podcast series brought to you by FT Advisor. Each week we pick a topic to discuss and this week we'll be talking about one that is extremely topical and that is fees. Last week, St. James's Place announced it was scrapping exit fees for the majority of new investment bonds and pensions as part of an overhaul of its charging structure. The firm said there would be a revised charging structure for new investment bonds and pensions, which will operate with an initial charge and ongoing charges, but without any early withdrawal charges. In addition, charges across all its wrappers, which have historically been disclosed primarily on an all-inclusive basis, will be separated into specific parts. It's no surprise that the FTSE 100 company has been often scrutinised for its fees, so this was largely welcomed by the industry when it was announced. But many had questions asking, why now? In today's podcast, we'll be talking about what has been driving the change in the market and what we can expect to see across the industry. I'm Sonia Raj, Deputy News Editor at FT Advisor, and joining me today is Matthew Connell, Director of Policy and Public Affairs at the Chartered Insurance Institute, and Alison Gay, Senior Public Affairs Consultant at the Landcap. Good morning, both. Thank you for joining me today. Morning. So perhaps, Matthew, we can start with you um, and, and kind of understand a bit about your thoughts on the move by SJP. What do you think prompted the decision and, and kind of generally in the industry? Sure. Um, so, yeah, so the uh, Personal Finance Society obviously is a, a, a member organisation. Uh, members are, are individual uh, members. So it wouldn't be right for me to uh, comment in detail on, on one specific firm. Um, every firm has its own business models, its its own costs, uh, uh, its own services, and it has to assess what what the right level of fees are um, in 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 that environment. Um, and and I think certainly you know for, for us at the PFS, um, we can talk a lot about regulation, um, but actually behind regulation is is the fundamental thing that all markets have to have, which is uh, trust with with clients. Uh, and so I think when when firms make a, a a course correction uh, on on um, policy issues on, on on the kind of products they provide, uh, all the elements of uh, all the elements of um, good value. Um, it, it's not surprising that that firms do make do make changes from from time to time because uh, no market can exist uh, without a basic level of trust between uh, client. Uh, and, and 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 the financial services firm that they're that they're dealing with, uh, and you know over time, you know it's important that that financial services firms demonstrate that although they may have a uh, an advantage in terms of the imbalance of of in, information and expertise between individual clients and, and the firms, it's important that firms uh, are taking the initiative as, as professionals uh, and, and managing that um, before it becomes a, a, a reputational issue. Um, so so it's no surprise, I think, you know, we, we probably look back and, and see that lots of different uh, uh, firms have, have reviewed charges and changed charges um, simply because, you know, they want to have that trusted position uh, in the marketplace. Um, and of course, you know, more recently, um, that that expectation that, that firms do the right thing in terms of professionalism has been reinforced by um, by the consumer duty uh, and the expectations of the consumer duty around 
um, fair value and um, customer support, which which includes you know giving giving um, clients the opportunity to to move from from one investment to the other. Um, but but what I'd say is that the consumer duty is is really a, a reflection of. Um, an ongoing relationship on changing expectations in the in the market and that fundamental professional need to to retain trust. Sure. Yeah. No. I think that um, that kind of is, is echoes sort of some of the the views that we received from from kind of on the back of it. Um, Alison, did you kind of have anything to add to that? Mm, yeah. I mean, this is the first really high profile example of consumer duty starting to bite. Um, and all four outcomes, good consumer outcomes that consumer duty is supposed to um, result in, um, have something to do with fees. So the very first example of a success measure that the FCA is going to use that they gave when they produced the policy statement is uh, monitoring false final decisions on complaints about fees. So they were very much um, front and centre about the fact that this was what they were going to be looking at. Um, so all four outcomes, so price and value, obviously, um, you have to be charging something sensible and it has to be it has to be obvious it has to be justifiable um there's also some stuff in there about the design of products and services um and uh, it, particularly they talk about behavioral biases so people tend not to be so worried about things they're going to have to pay in the future um so if there's some sort of fee at the end of the process or some sort of exit fee uh, people tend not to be so worried about that so that's how firms can get away with charging exit fees where they might not be able to charge other fees up front so anything in that space um it is also relevant um, and consumer understanding do people understand what fees they're paying and uh, and and uh, that's you know possibly the most important one of all Sure. And, and when it comes to, I guess, pricing in general in the industry, what are your thoughts on that? Um, um, kind of obviously consumer duty has a, has a role to play, um, but kind of the wider wider view. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is an interesting one because with consumer duty, a lot of firms say, well, we're, you know, we're, we've been doing the right thing all along. We're not going to change our pricing structures because, you know, all our... Uh, all our, our customers understand what they're paying, but I'm not sure that that's necessarily true. Um, and I'm not sure that firms have got the evidence to prove that. So mm -hmm. I think it's, it's firms producing evidence that, that that's going to be um, as important as actually possibly changing the pricing structure. Sure. And, and Matthew, would you kind of say the same sort of thing or how do your kind of views vary? Because I guess mm. your members are, are a little bit different in the, in the fact that it isn't the, the kind of big firms. So... Absolutely, yeah, and and I think it is it is a fascinating subject and a, and a really complex one. I think, um, uh, I think I think Alison's absolutely right. It, it is very difficult to to get a situation where a hundred percent of consumers across the market know exactly how much they're they're paying in fees. I must admit, when I go around the supermarket, I probably couldn't tell you exactly what every single thing in the yeah. in the trolley cost because. People don't want to talk. Think about fees. The, the the attitude is, you know, if I'm if I'm getting a good outcome, if I'm getting a good result for my for my investments, um, and, and 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 you know, I can, I can see that year on year. And and you know, advisors sort of say, you know, kind of, there aren't many um, financial services professionals who have to sit across the table with all the clients every every year to to to, to assess how, how how things are gone. So there is a, a big element of, of accountability in that overall. Um, but yeah, when you when you do a survey of people and ask you do you, ask them do you know exactly how much they're paying? I don't know for milk, let alone let alone for financial services. Mm. That's a difficult one to 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 to, 
to, to bottom out. And then equally, in terms of the, the benefits, you know, not you don't always get all the benefits of financial advice within a neat 12-month period. So, you know, the, 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 the enormous benefit that, that's been measured and, and, and accounted for in terms of the ability to adv- of advisors to, to, to persuade clients not to uh, desert the market in a, in a, in a, in a downturn um, and, then, and then buy back in um, when, when, when prices are much higher. Um, that, that benefit doesn't come around every year because you don't get a big market downturn every year. So, uh, so I think that the, the, the issue is, um, and or, or what, we're, what we should be aiming for is to account for all the benefits you know, over, over, over the lifetime of a, of a client relationship uh, and, and, and demonstrate um, the value of, of, of those benefits. Um, and then uh, on an ongoing basis, show how for, for different groups of uh, of clients and in particular vulnerable clients, um, what what the firm is 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 doing um, to explain uh, what 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 the charges are, um, what level of understanding there is, and and what plan the the firms have um, to to improve that level of understanding. But I think it's um it's it's always going to be a, 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 a an element of continuous improvement rather than you know kind of climbing to the top of the mountain sticking your flag in there and saying you know never need to do any more work on this yeah definitely and i and i guess that's exactly what the consumer duty is um setting out to do isn't it mm. to, to make those changes so kind of sticking with that what, what do you think the impact of um you know the duty is going to be on on kind of um the fees specifically and, and kind of pricing specifically on firms and kind of how they implement this. I mean, obviously, I know you said it will be continuous, but kind of what can we expect to see um, from, I guess, the consumer point of view, but also just an industry point of view? Yeah, and, and I think um, it, it's it's the thought that goes into the fee structure. And again, you know, it's important to remember the FCA hasn't, hasn't said that the fee structure has to be right on the mm-hmm. level of every individual client. But what what it expects from firms is to look at how they um, segment their, their their client base, um, uh, what kind of different different target markets they have, how they fa- factor uh, elements of vulnerability into that. And so I think what we'll see is um, a, a lot of thought and reflection and activity ar- around that really understanding. Uh, different different types of client uh, and whether that segmentation is uh, is right and, and and evolving towards an ever more uh, sophisticated understanding and then um, uh, developing um, pricing that's that's appropriate to 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 every to every to every to every target um, client um, I'm not sure if it's possible to have a kind of broad brush view of of whether whether fees are going up or down um because there are some elements that are you know like regulation itself that 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 have um increased uh, uh costs for 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 advisors uh over the years um so so for example you know kind of costs of uh, fscs levies mm-hmm. um uh the fca is working hard to to get those down and, and reduce costs for 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 well-run firms that that that, that, that have very very few complaints and aren't aren't ever going to um, rely on the FSCS. Um, so so there are elements in 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 costs, including regulatory costs, um, that that are gonna that are gonna go up. Um, and and you'd expect in a in a competitive market for for fees to to reflect um, all all those different different costs. So I don't think you can have a really um, uh, 
kind of um, simplistic view of consumer duties going in, so people will will pay less. Um, but but I think you can expect um, firms to have uh, ever more detailed uh, and 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 evidence based explanation for 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 why they're um, constructing their, their 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 fee structures for for different uh, different segments of the portfolio. Yeah, no, that makes sense, and I think. Um you know, obviously, with with um, the consumer duty, it's it, it, the the kind of one thing that I found when I was talking to advisors was um, the price value kind of the evidence of price versus value was one of the mm. more difficult things yeah. to prove because you know value can be very subjective and 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 Absolutely, it's, yeah. it's difficult to kind of monetize almost. Yes. But you know, at the same time, I guess it's one of the things, this is one of the first examples we've kind of seen with a, with a large profile, like Alison said, um, and and kind of having this impact. And, and RDR, I guess, was one of the things that moved, kind of changed the industry yes. quite quite a lot. So, um, Alison, I don't know, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I mean, what do you think that um, the consumer duty is obviously going to be the, the, the kind of next thing like RDR to transform it? And is fees going to be the kind of, thing that stands out when we're talking about this in 10 years time or is it going to be be something else and i think there's a couple of things to unpick there um one is that um it's consumer duty is really not rdr2 um because mm-hmm. apart from anything else it covers the entire financial services industry so it's it's not just one particular sector so it's it's every industry um so I, I think it's it's even getting a bit of cut through away from the the, the trade press into actual you know, normal people talk. Um, so people are actually understanding that firms have some sort of obligation towards them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's quite important. So um, it's also embedded in absolutely everything the FCA is doing. So um, every time you see a policy statement or a consultation paper or a discussion paper, it references how this reflects back on consumer duty. So I think this is pretty heavily embedded on everything that they're doing. Um, I think also um, what you were touching on earlier about um, fees for sort of intangible services are, this is going to be really interesting and I really have no answers to exactly how this is going to work, but um, the whole idea that you take on a financial advisor um, to give you some comfort in managing your your finances as well as doing the the transactional stuff and how people are charging for and justifying what they're charging for that is going to be really interesting in the future because you might be paying somebody quite a lot of money to do nothing at all and that might be exactly the right thing for you um but you <laughs> um how you how you explain that to the fca might be uh, might be uh, quite complex <laughs> yeah that that can be a tricky one <laughs> And, and the customer might be perfectly happy about it as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, and I, but I think I mean, I know you said obviously the the consumer duty is obviously moving away um, from it's kind of not RDR point two because it is kind of more mainstream as opposed to to kind of just trade. But there is this argument that I think people have had that you know consumers aren't even aware of the consumer duty. They don't know. They don't you know there isn't hasn't been enough for them to actually know what they are getting and what firms are doing in order to provide kind of fair value and, and, and kind of all the other outcomes that the FCA requires. I mean, is that something you would agree with? Yeah. I mean, in a way, they don't have to, as long as it's working under the, the surface. Um, because um, 
it's it's people like yourselves. It's it's, it's journalists have now got a, a tool to beat to beat firms with if they feel that they're not uh, they're not uh, being very consumer mm-hmm. duty. Phrase goes. <laughs> so uh, so it's 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 out there, um, but it, and and yes, consumers. Um, consumers will I think begin to understand it and there's quite an interesting point that I haven't seen much discussed is that what consumers don't have at the moment is a private right of action um, so they can't take firms to court for breaching right. duty but this was suggested um, somewhere along the line um, the FCA decided not to go ahead with this but has kept it in the background and said that well if a consumer duty we think it's not working we may bring in a private right of action and this was enormously unpopular with the industry for all sorts of practical reasons of course. So it, this, that, that's something to be aware of in the future yeah, no, I, I mean, I can imagine it was widely unwelcomed, but, but, but for sure. What, what, what are your thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the in terms of the the right of action, I, I, to be honest, when we when we were working on the on the consultations, um, a lot of a lot of experts, a lot of legal experts, financial services experts were were scratching their head a bit because there are elements of of rights of action under under current legislation, under unfair um, contract terms, and and and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And of course, there's the informal route of of the ombudsman, which is designed to be far well, and, and it is far more user friendly for consumers mm-hmm. than 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 the courts. So. I, Although the right of action was symbolically very important, I think what's more important, like uh, Alison was just saying, it you know, consumer duty has 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 become uh, an adjective that maybe re- replaces professional ethics for a while. Yeah. You know, that that's not very consumer duty, and so mm. I think in a way that's that's been the power of the, the consumer duty is it's it's kind of a bit like when GDPR came in, it reminded everyone of the importance of. Of, of good data management, I think when consumer duty coming in, it's reinforcing what should should be there already in terms of sound professional ethics, um, but it's but it's doing so in a way that's that's current and and gets everyone talking and thinking, which is which is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and kind of just finally, um, obviously, um, we've we've seen kind of SJP being one of the bigger firms that has taken this move and and, and kind of do it. Are we likely to see many other companies to to kind of follow suit in in the way that they have and and make potentially similar changes or or, or kind of follow kind of the same path. Well, I, I guess every every business has a has a different business model, so every every business will need to look at it uh, differently. Um, I, I think the expectation of the of the FCA is over time to see some some course corrections. Um, you know, if the consumer duty comes in. And every firm in the market says, "Oh, you know, no, no, no change whatsoever. We're just going to mm-hmm. carry on indefinitely the way we were um, before the consumer duty came in." Um, that that will be increasingly difficult for for for, for regulators to, to find plausible. Nevertheless, I think what the kind of course corrections um, that that might be might be a, a, a kind of more um, granular. Um, definition of of the different target markets within a firm mm-hmm. um slightly different treatment of of one target market versus versus other target markets so i don't think it's necessarily um going to be a, a, a really dramatic change um but what 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 i think is 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 being looked for from firms is just this constant process of of refining their understanding of 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 the situation 
and and also you know kind of joining the dots we had, saw some criticism from the fca for fund managers for gathering lots of market information but they're not really seeming to 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 make enough course corrections on the back of that market mm. information and i think that's that's what the fca would be looking for to, to that continuous process of you 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 discovered this new information um you analyzed it um and and then what did you do to 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 refine the proposition and then monitor what you'd done in in refining the proposition and that's that's a sort of circle of continuous improvement which the fca is already um, established for for vulnerable customers, and and so in a way, that's that's the next stage is to is to is to is to bring it in with the consumer duty. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Um, uh, and Alison, did you have anything to kind of add to yeah. that? I, I think where where it's going to be quite interesting, but possibly not so visible, is when firms are developing new products and services. So they've looked at all the products and services that they have, or they should have done at least, um, ongoing at the moment to see if they're in line with the, the duty. But when they're developing them in the future, um, hopefully they'll be making sure that everything, you know, everything is designed in line with it, that the people are being charged fair amounts and uh, yeah, which which isn't to say that everybody's being charged the same, which I think is an important point. I mean, you can charge different amounts mm-hmm. um, as long as you can justify it. Um, so uh, it, it doesn't have to be a, a flat fee. But I, I think it, the market will gen- generally evolve towards a more um, uh, consumer duty compliant structure. Yeah, and I think having seen kind of the the kind of bigger firm take like like SJP take this move, it will it will sort of potentially encourage others to, to kind of follow suit so so we'll have to yeah, wait and see about that but um unfortunately that's all we've kind of got time for today so i just want to thank you both for for coming on to discuss such an important topic and of course thank you to um all of those who are listening join us next week as we discuss another hot topic in the financial services industry Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.